What's up, peeps? Before you get into the episode, just a quick message. Did you know that Rebranded Safety is brought to you by Risk Fluent? Rebranded Safety is essentially our campaign to achieve our purpose, which is to make the working world better by Rebranded Safety one interaction at a time. We value a people-centered approach that delivers positive impact on the risk. We deliver three types of services, technical, transformational, and fire. It's the last show I wanted to talk to you about. If you value what we value and you want some support driving a culture change or decluttering your safety systems, or you want to improve human performance and it's our transformational support that can help you, or maybe you want a highly experienced registered fire risk assessor to carry out an assessment on your building, design an emergency plan or review the fire safety design for your new building, then it's our fire support service that can help you. But before you get in touch with us, it's important that you want to have impact on the actual risk and you value a people-centered approach. If you don't, that's fine. You'll find someone that can help you. But if you do value those, then get in touch with us at riskfluentltd.com or email me, james, at riskfluentltd.com. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebranded Safety. Today, we're going to do a little kind of topical uh, conversation around the heat because it is hot out there. Um, So let's jump into the intro. I'm going to talk some more about it. If you're an SME, running your own business, it's probably going to be perfect for you. If you're a safety professional, hopefully there's some things in here you haven't thought of or something that kind of helps you. Um, But let's jump into the intro. We'll get right into it. Let's go. The problem in safety isn't deviation it's complexity health and safety has gone mad health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past there's no one solution and one problem the problem is that we are looking for one solution does the structure of the team allow them to flourish feel safe enough to be uncomfortable the environment defines our behaviors people aren't the problem they're the solution rebranding safety Crushing a stereotype. Brought to you by Risk Fluent. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebranded Safety. Rebranded Safety is a YouTube channel and podcast doing exactly what it says on the tin. So if you're new here, hit subscribe, hit the bell, hit follow, whatever it is. Let's talk about heat. Before we do that, though, just a quick message from Risk Fluent. Risk Fluent is the company behind Rebranded Safety. We are a health and safety consultancy um, delivering health and safety technical services to the health and safety that you know and love. Um, But also the kind of transformational side as well. Well, we deliver transformational services like coach change programs, behavior improvement, human performance type stuff. And um, we really take evidence-based practices and we kind of help you essentially take the next step. So technical, normally for SMEs that can't really afford a safety professional, transformational, normally for this podcast's audience, safety professionals, operational leaders that have got that good foundation and they want to take the next step. They're just rough guides though. If you want to have a chat about any of them, come and let me know. You can either get hold of me on LinkedIn for a DM is probably where I am the most prominent. Um, or you can email me, james at riskfluentlimited.com. That's james at riskfluentltd.com. Drop me an email. Let's chat. Okay, let's jump into today's conversation. And we don't really do the topical stuff on the rebound and safety. We're not very good at picking up, oh, this is happening. Let's do something about that. But actually, we had the time to be able to do something this week. So today, when you're listening to this, we're actually going to put this out on the Sunday because you think it's really important to get this out as soon as possible. Um, but ultimately, heat is a big issue right now. 
Um, and there's a couple of things we need to think about here. So if you're the type of employer that just does the bare minimum and wants to tick the box legally, then you probably don't listen to this podcast anyway. So I'm probably just talking to nobody. Um, however, if you are that type of person, let's start by talking about duties. And even if you're not that type of person, it's helpful to understand your duty around it. Duty, your duties, right? So... Let's get it called the elephant in the room. There is no legal high-end level to go home to stop work for heat. Why is this? Well, if you think about glass foundries, metal foundries, you know, even a commercial kitchen, um, you know, food factories, any of this stuff, the sheer levels of heat in those in those types of operations just in the winter is probably way way over what we're dealing with now. Um, now, hopefully, there's some mitigation in place and they help you deal with that. But then you also have, you know, people working in freezers, you know, in, in these food distribution sites and stuff. So it's not as simple as just saying, it's too hot, let's go home. However, you as an employer do have a duty to protect your employers from the risks that are foreseeable. Now, when does it become foreseeable? Normally, when the Met Office issue a risk-to-life warning, as they, as they have in large parts of the UK for Monday and Tuesday. So particularly areas where I'm from, so if you're where I am in the kind of East Mid, Midlands area, um, all of that is pretty much covered by the extreme uh, heat warning for risk-to-life. And then you've got the next level down, the amber warning. So because the Met Office have now issued this threat to life, the risk has now become foreseeable. Because it's foreseeable, we need to manage it. It was pretty foreseeable anyway because we knew about heat exhaustion, we know about UV, we know about the risk of those things. So we as employers need to deal with those. Now, there's a couple of things to be aware of here. So health and safety at work at requires you to manage the risks in your workplace. Doesn't matter what those are. There are no upper limits for heat. However, there is a line for you to manage the risk. And that became when the Met Office issued these warnings. They now become your guidance. So Amber, you really should be doing something to help your employees manage this. And Red, you should really think about some serious risk management, risk mitigation steps to deal with this risk. So you do have a duty. Whilst the duty isn't, you must deal with UV and heat, specifically in the legislation does not say that, you still do have a duty to manage this risk. Also, another point to note, the TUC, uh, which is a big union in the UK, is actively going around and telling people about um, a act the Employment Act, and it's a section within the Employment Act that basically says every employee has the right to leave work if they feel there's an imminent threat to health and safety. So normally, if it was just hot and they walked out, you could probably go back and say, um, well, there's not an imminent threat to life. However, there currently is. If you're in those red areas, they can back themselves up with the, with the Met Office warning. So you need to be dealing with this, not just because it's a nice thing to do, and hopefully you are dealing with it anyway, but because you do have a legal duty and there is a severe warning in place. So as an employer, particularly if you're working outside, you need to be dealing with the heat on Monday and Tuesday this week. So how do we do it? Well, there's a couple of scenarios to deal with this heat. So to deal with the heat, if you're in an office, 
hopefully you've got air conditioning and you just turn the air conditioning on. Great. Um, if you're not in an air conditioned office or an air conditioned workplace, um, some places don't have it, can't afford it, not practical to have it you know factories and warehouses the places are just too big so you're not really probably going to have air conditioning so try to keep the windows shut try to keep the hot air out of the buildings try and keep the windows and doors shut as much as you can it feels weird but try and keep them shut as much as you can right Try and open them in the early hours of the morning to let the cool air in. Shut them throughout the day and then open them in the later hours of the day to let the cool air in, right? If you could take a break throughout that day, uh, obviously take loads of breaks as much as you can. But if you're out for a good amount of time or if you could arrange a longer break, try and go somewhere local like the library or the restaurant or a pub that has air conditioning. Right? If your local shopping centre is two minutes down from uh, your office, go there and get, have a break in somewhere nice and air conditioned. Go and cool down. Take a break. If you're working outside, you can utilise this as well. But we'll talk about working outside in a minute. So there's top tips for you working in the office. Top tips for pretty much any employer that has got anyone in any company, give them water, people. Like we should be doing this already, but give your employees access to nice, drinkable, clean water. Ooh, ooh, there's tap water. All right, fine. Yeah, tap water is drinkable, but let's try and be a bit, bit bit nicer here you know can we get some bottled water get some nice chilled water okay if you can't do that you can't do it for logistical reasons maybe or financial reasons but if you can it's nice to have yeah and some other little tips to keep people's morale up as well you know there's nothing wrong with turning up on site turning up at the office with just a bag full of ice cream bag full of lollies right it's times like this where you could step in as a leader and really boost morale in your workforce and they'll remember stuff like that hopefully you're doing stuff like this and looking after your, your workforce all the time but if you're not you know little things like that really make a difference to so turn up and say i really appreciate you guys working in this um turn up give them some lollies go and take a longer break whatever if you're not working in kind of aircon uh, environments or anything like that and you are really exposed to the heat try to start earlier on in the day so kind of really changing your your work structure essentially so think about starting earlier and having like a siesta in the middle of the day you know that's a really good way for you to take a chunk out of the hottest hours of the day there's a reason really hot countries do this because it works right start earlier take a siesta finish later people might not like that um, because feel like they're working all day um, but if you can do that and you've got a good enough relationship or you can kind of mitigate that in some other way um, you know like I used to do split shifts when I was in the pub so we used to have like a three to four hour break in the middle of the day um, maybe something like that would work maybe just work starting early finish early you know, finish like, do like, particularly if you're working outside. If you are working outside, here are some things to think about. Sun cream. Sun cream is always good advice. Remember the song? It's always good advice. Wear sun cream. Like, if you're not wearing sun cream, get over yourself. Like, skin cancer, don't give a shit whether you feel like you're manly or not when you're applying sun cream. Put some fucking sun cream on, people. UV is really dangerous. If you can wear sunglasses as well, UV 
attacks your eyes so if you can wear sunglasses great um, if you wear sunglasses that kind of cover the sides of your eye even better um, sun cream and sunglasses are really good ways to manage and protect yourself from uv if you are working outside or you're outside for any period of the day longer than a couple of minutes in the next two days monday and tuesday 100 you need sun cream and you should be wearing sunglasses people if you're working outside as well think about taking breaks remember what we said about restructuring the day you know start early finish early start early take siesta finish late whatever but you've got to take a lot of regular bites get some water to your people it's easier to stay hydrated than it is to rehydrate so give them water at the beginning of the shift and make sure they've got it check on them keep topping them up with water you know make sure there's more than enough water make sure there's somewhere to escape from the sun there's got to be somewhere to escape from this heat if you can do it. You know, if you're on a construction site, CDM regs require you to have somewhere with, that's reasonable and practical to the size of the job, obviously. But ultimately, you need some type of welfare facilities. If you can just sit in the van, hopefully the van's aircon, sit in the van, turn the aircon on. If you can't do that, go to a local pub, local place for lunch or for break, break or something like that where it is air conditioned and do that. Take the most of what you can. A couple of tips for the car if you're driving. When you get in the car and it's scorching hot, maybe you've been in the office for a few hours in the middle of the day, you get in and it's scorching hot, dump the hot air out to open all your windows, get the hot air out of the car, turn your aircon on if you've got it. If not, just turn the fans on as much as you can and keep them going to boil that air out, then shut the windows. If you've got aircon, you know the little symbol of the car with a little arrow that kind of curls around inside it. That means to recirculate the air in the car. So turn that on, dump the hot air, shut the windows, turn that on because it stops pulling the hot air from the outside and bringing it in the car. It saves your gas or whatever it is in your aircon and it utilizes the cold air that's already in your car. So turn that on. If you're in a car, still wear sun cream, people. Those windows don't stop UV, so sun cream will, will stop those UV lights coming through that window, UV lights, UV rays coming through the windows and burning you, and sunglasses still need, and, well, they will still help. Ideally, you wear them. Ideally, you have them. Unnecessary PPE. On Monday and Tuesday, there is a risk to life from heat. And I guarantee every single construction site in the UK will still have five points of PPE where a large proportion of that in a, most, in a lot of areas on site will be completely unnecessary. If you are working on top of a frickin' roof, you don't need a high-vis on. You might need it when you get down onto the floor and there's all trucks and everything whizzing around, but you don't need it on the roof. Take it off. You probably don't need a hard hat if you're on the roof unless trying to protect yourself from bird shit or something like that. If it's unnecessary, let's try and waive these rules. A lot of these rules are essentially for commercial reasons and not really for safety reasons. There's nothing wrong with that. I get it. Whatever. That's the place that we're in. That's the world we're in now. Um, but ultimately, it's more like uniform than it is for safety. So try to reduce unnecessary PP at least for the next couple of days. Um, you know, oh, you must wear high-vis trousers. I mean, come on. If you want them high-vis around the cuffs and the ankles, because statistically, uh, evidence-based speaking, that's probably more effective than a jacket, then get them cuffs. Get them cuffs. Don't have, wait, force them to wear these massive trousers. 
Wear baggy and loose light clothing. So if you can, provide your team with some light uniform or at least advise them to wear light uniform in the morning or light clothing in the morning um, before they come into work. Some baggy clothing as well, if they can. I understand if you're in a manufacturing environment, that might present another risk for you. Um, and ultimately, light and baggy clothing is a good top tip there as well. There's a massive argument about shorts outside, shorts on site. I, I particularly don't see any problem with people wearing shorts on site. I know a bricky house builder, he wears shorts pretty much all year round. I don't see a problem with it. Obviously wear sun cream. I think you might go, oh, but but if there's a if the angle grinder snaps and, and it goes in, like, to be honest, I don't think trousers, high vis trousers or jeans are really going to stop. So unless you've got like cut proof trousers for a reason, um, then I don't see a problem with shorts whatsoever. You might say maybe dermatitis or something like that from the dust or something like that. But then you can manage that by just kind of providing people with places they can clean themselves down and maintain good hygiene. Um, again, sun cream will help moisturize the skin as well. So sun cream's always a good, an good answer, good advice. Like the song says, sun cream, always good advice. And one last tip for, for employers. If you're the kind of dickhead that your office, because you're the MD, is aircon and everyone else's isn't, just remember that you probably shouldn't be listening to this channel, but just remember, if you look after your people, they'll look after you. They're the people, they're the things making money in your organisation, not you. You stopped being the thing that making money in your organization a long time ago. You're more of a problem solver now. You're more of a firefighter. You know, when something goes wrong, you're the person dealing with that. But the people with the churn, the people making money, are the people in the non-air conditioned part of your office or the people that you just think they just need to come to work and do as they're told and work harder and then they'll be like me one day in an air-conditioned office. Like, fuck me. Like, that is an outdated model of economy. If you have employees and you look after them, particularly at times like this where, let's be honest, is shit working in an office when it's scorching down? Is shit working on a, on a construction site when it's scorching down? Is shit working anywhere when it is scorching like it has been for the last few summers, let alone in the next couple of days? Look after your people and they will return that tenfold. Go and give them some water. Pay for it yourself. Go and give them some some ice lollies, you know, nice lunch or whatever. Find them somewhere that they can go and get away from the heat. You look after them, they will look after you. You have a duty to do all of this stuff anyway. Yeah, it's not about tick box. If you want to have an impact, you want to manage this properly, then You've got to take those extra steps. For me, they're not even extra steps. They're just steps to look after your people. But you have a duty to manage this risk. It is a risk, and you have a duty to manage it. On the Health and Safety at Work Act, it is a foreseeable risk. You've got to manage it. Yes, oh, there's no upper limit. Yeah, we've already spoke about this. We know there's no upper limit, but there is a foreseeable risk now. The Met Office have told you it was foreseeable when it was fucking amber. It's foreseeable. Do you know why? Because summer happens every fucking year. But you still need to manage it. But if you will go that 
extra step and you say, I know I've got to manage this, but actually I just care about you guys. So I wanted to come and see if you're all right, check on you, how you're doing, how are we dealing in the seats? Anybody need anything? I've got a whole box of water in the back of the car. You know, there's loads in the fridge keeping cool. What do you need? You know, I found out, I know we haven't got aircon peeps. So I'm really sorry about that, but I know that the restaurant just down the road has. So, you know, go there, get yourself some lunch. Um, if you can pay for it, great. If you can't, don't worry, but like, just go to the restaurant. And if you're, as like I say, if you're an employer and you can pay for that, wow, you would, they would love you forever. Some might not, some might take advantage and fuck off, but like, they're not people you want to work for you anyway. Um, so I just, I, I don't know how many times I have to say it. If you can look after your staff, they will look after you. You know, we do it in many other ways, but when it comes to safety, we don't think that people value that. People value being looked after. And if you look after them for the next two days, they will value you. So what do you do if you can't mitigate the risk of the next two days and the risk to life heat? So let's say you can't start early because noise restrictions in a local area and you're in construction, or you can't start early because of the way that the deliveries are set up for the manufacturing or something like that. You know, you can't work late or you can't do a split shift. You, you can't do anything. You've got no air con, you've got nothing, you've got no money, you know, you've got no flexibility. It's just shit. What do you do? Well, ultimately, it's the advice I would give to anyone. It's like running a business. Every decision that you make in running a business is about risk management. You can make them work that day and you'll probably earn money. You could stop working and you would probably lose money on that day. But that's the risk you take isn't it? That's the risk you take. If you cannot start early and you're working on a freaking roof or you're working outside and there's just no protection from the sun whatsoever, you're just completely in an open field. I don't know, maybe you're setting up a festival or whatever, right? And it's just no way to protect yourself from the sun, no way to escape it. You can't even afford bottles of water. For me, I think you've got to take the risk. It's up to you. You've got to decide. You either lose the money that couple of days, you piss your customer off, um, you take that risk, or you take the risk of hurting somebody. Um, I, I think every business out there can probably afford, you know, to dish out a few caps, dish out some so a little temporary gazebo maybe. You can dish out some water at least um, and some fucking ice lollies or something, a bucket of ice and some water, put chuck the bottles in there, you know, like you do at your barbecue with the beers, something like that. I think every employer can do something. But if you can't, you've got to, you've got to make a risk-based decision. It's up to you. I wouldn't advise having people working outside and with no mitigations whatsoever when the Met Office have told me that there's a risk to life. I wouldn't expect that from my employees. I'm not sure my customers would um, expect it of me to put on to my employees. And ultimately, if my if my customers do want that, I'm not sure I want to work with, with them anyway. So it's up to you. What type of company do you want to be? What type of, type of leader do you want to be? What type of staff do you want to have? And what type of customers do you want to have? Every decision you make in running a business is a risk-based decision and it'll be no different for the next couple of days. Hopefully there's enough in here that you can pick one thing out or another thing out or just ultimately just kind of, uh, what's the word? Like it's supportive because you're like, yeah, yeah, oh, that's what I've been saying. Maybe you can use this to help convince a boss or something. I don't know. Hopefully there's something in here that'll help you manage the risk to life heat in the next couple of days and ultimately probably in the next few years when this keeps coming back because I don't think this is going anywhere. Um, but then I don't want to get into the climate change conversation. Otherwise, I'll catch you next week. Safe.
The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson.